am I ready? Live from the basement of Voodoo Sound, it's time to get your mojo working. I got my mojo working, but it just won't work on you. Take the next 40 odd minutes to get your hands on some tips and tools that will get you working at your best in both your business and your personal life. Hey everybody and welcome to this week's episode of the Mojo Radio Show. Big week ahead and the show itself is all designed to do one thing and that's to get your mojo working. Now if you've got it working, how do you keep it working? If you don't got it working, how do you get it working? We talk to the best of the best and we find interesting stuff that we think will help you get your mojo working uh, at work, uh, at home, uh, when at play, for your health, your fitness, your creativity, anything that we think can help you get your mojo working. And right here in the studio with me, the man behind the panel, the man with the mostest, he is the guy, the driving force behind the Mojo Radio Show, (laughs) Rob. (laughs) Gary, how are you, mate? Good, man. How are you? I'm really well. Really well. uh, What do you got going on, mate? What do you got for us this week? Robbo's What's Hot. Mate, I actually wanted to tell you about a great time I had on the weekend. I went... um not to the keep pub. Keep it clean, mate. Pole dancing, just keep it clean, buddy. I know, mate, crazy I, horse, I, you know. I actually ended up in Sydney at, um, at over at Alexandria on the south side um, at this place. <laughs> you, at this you, place. Sound, you sound surprised that you went up in Sydney. It was like, I oh. left home, I went out and I oh. ended up in Sydney. I ended up, just ended up there with my wife and my little baby. <laughs> Sounds <laughs> like the old Triple M days, mate. That do- oh, doesn't it just? <laughs> mate, um, we, ended, we went to this place called The Grounds of Alexandria and I, I, you know me, I don't normally give places a plug, but there's a story behind this one and that's why I wanted to tell you about it. If you can imagine the old uh, late 1800s, early 1900s brick pits mm. and a couple of old sheds and all that sort of stuff and there's this um, Brazilian guy, I think he is, who bought this place and turned the two wooden brick sheds into two completely different restaurants. One's like a cafe, one's like a, a sit-down, you know, steak and chicken and all that sort of stuff restaurant. But what he's also done out in the actual open brick pit is he's turned it all into a, a marketplace where you can buy anything you think of it like at a farmer's market. You can buy your, your, your nuts that are roasted and honeyed and all that sort of stuff, hot mm. dogs. And then he's got an open eating area, a farmyard with baby animals for the kids. Um, it's just awesome. And, and I really wanted to sort of mention it because it was, to me, it was someone who sat down and thought about what they wanted and perfectly executed it. Yeah, it's, I was doing a speech in Sydney um, maybe two weeks ago and mm. I asked the audience, who had Mojo, and you get the you get you know there are standard standard names and brands that come out of the audience when you're doing it anywhere in the country. And then mm. one of the the young uh, young ladies said, "Oh, the grounds at Alexandria." And mm. I went, "What's that?" She said, "You haven't been there." I said, "No." Mm. She said, "Oh, oh, you have to go there. It's fantastic." Mm. And she her comment about the owner was that. He's always like you say. He's put some thought into it, but apparently mm. he's always thinking. And the lesson mm. is that. She said, you go there and someone would suggest something and you go back the following week or two weeks later and he's he's done it. Yeah. Like I he's taken that. the concept and he's tried it. Yep. And this whole thing has just morphed into this massive, well, not massive, but this large entity, mm. which has been a culmination of all these thousands of ideas and generally any product or service that is disruptive or does something different isn't just one great idea, it's 
a thousand or more ideas mm. all mm. implemented. And this guy really sounds like he's got his mojo working. Mate, he's onto it big time. And I've got to tell you the most important thing, the coffee is to die for. Really? Yeah. And I'll tell What's you, he running? I, what, what, what brands are you running? Well, uh, his own or? I'm actually going to quote you from the website. The, the owner, Mario, I won't give his full name, works closely with a coffee grower in Brazil. And this is the, the rest of this is the words from the website. To produce consistent, high quality coffee year in, year out. Cup characteristics include a clean, soft coffee with underlying cherry and blackberry tones. And let me tell I, love you, a good, I love mm, a good cherry and blackberry tone. Cherry and blackberry coffee. <laughs> really good coffee. That's a good find. That's a good find. That's uh, that's a good one for uh, Mojo. What's hot? Indeed. Should we um, rip into it? We should. Getting your Mojo working. This is the Mojo Radio Show. We've got Matt Church on the line, and Matt is the founder of Thought Leaders Global, and in my mind, and the mind of many others, is Australia's and possibly one of the world's foremost authorities on the topic of thought leadership, becoming a change agent and leading your own, I love that word, revolution. I love a good revolution. Yeah, it's it's just cool. And I've got to say, having known this guy, it's not just sort of the bio, but the guy walks the talk because I've worked with this guy on stages in different parts of the country and he really, I'm so stoked to have him um, on the show today. So uh, Matt Church, mate, welcome to the program. Hey, Robbo. Hey, Gary. What a pleasure to be here. Um, Mojo me up, baby. Let's talk. Let's go. Let's go. <laughs> Let's get it on. Let's um, get it on. Mate, just, I want to start with this term thought leader. Like I hear it bandied around a lot, but you are, you're the guy that is the foremost authority on this. Tell me, tell me in your own words, what, what is a thought leader? So in 1984, the editor-in-chief of strategy and business, a guy called Joel Kurtzman, coined the phrase, and he was using it to describe Tom Peters. And he was saying, this Tom Peters is amazing. He's an original thinker. He's at the, at the forefront of thought. He's a, he's a thought leader. And so what we've done for the last decade is taken that concept and said, all right, so original thinkers with unique insights in service of market communities and ideas. Um, the way I like to see it is if you've ever watched a TED Talk, generally there's someone yep. there, you know, and their mantra is an idea um, worth spreading. And I think that in this meme of spreading ideas, um, it's where thought leadership comes in. So think of it as, in its simplest terms as an expert. But the difference between an expert and a thought leader is an expert knows something a thought leader is known for knowing something. And so it's got a little bit of, um, you know, market-facing energy, a little bit of sort of positioning around it, and it's a little bit of um, just making sure that you not only have good stuff but that other people know about it. So so you've got an organisation which is around thought leaders that um, you and your buddy started up. Yeah, so yeah. as a takeaway for somebody listening to the program, um, and also I think it's important to note at this stage, Matt, that Robbo is the coach of an under-11 rugby club, like a rugby team. Excellent. Um, Excellent. Yeah, and, and I, I, don't think, I don't think I'm sort of throwing... Not it. much thinking going on there, Gary. <laughs> 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 it wouldn't be a stretch to say that he is one of the great under-11 rugby coaches of all time. Uh, yeah, yeah. They call me the thought leader. That's my nickname. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. It's all that. I had a thought once leader. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> yeah. 
<laughs> what sort of stuff are you coaching people on, Matt, that Robbo could take away to apply oh, to? God, absolutely. absolutely nothing for Robbo. <laughs> um, let, let's be clear on that. Um, but it's nice to have a foil, isn't it, in every conversation? The, um, look, there's, three, there's really three types of thought leaders, right? You're, um, and they all have a slightly different currency. But if uh, there's a process, you've got to capture what you know, you've got to package it up, and you've got to deliver it uh, out into the world, right? So the process of moving from an expert to a thought leader is capturing, packaging, and delivering. But the three markets, uh, you know, places where thought leaders turn up, let's say you're running your own business, you would put yourself out into the marketplace as a speaker, you would create white papers, and you would turn up in trade shows. And what you're basically doing is drumming up business by going, by you know, leading the industry. So that's how entrepreneurs do it. Don't spend much time with them. You could be in a large organization and you're a leader and what you're hoping to do is shift the culture. You're on some sort of transformational agenda. And so what you've got to do is sort of create the missing link between strategy and execution. And that's where thought leadership starts to come in. It's all well and good to say, here's where we're going, but how do you get everybody get you know on board and heading in that direction? So in big organizations, thought leadership's a tool for that. But most of the time, what I'm doing is I'm helping consultants speakers and coaches mm. um, uniquely differentiate themselves in the marketplace. And our business school is like a 12-month MBA <clears throat> for experts. And instead of getting a certificate at the end, they've got to add quarter of a million to their consulting revenue and they've got to publish a book. So there's sort of three games and the last one's where I spend most of my time. So, Robert, maybe you need to moonlight in that. That being said, um, I have an under an 11 <laughs> soccer player, so I might be hitting oh, you up for yeah, well, you before go. we finish. Mate, can oh, I, just go, from a see. layman's point of view, who probably doesn't really understand all this stuff, do, from what you're saying, does each company really have a thought leader for better or for worse? It's just a varying degree of how good they are. If they're the sort of middleman, yeah. am I understanding what you're saying correctly? Absolutely. Absolutely. I think, you know, our thought leaders everywhere um, No. And if we were in a large organization with a 1,000 employees, I'd be looking for the top 50 thinkers. And they're not the top 50 positions because, as you know, anybody in a large organization knows, the further up the leadership chain you go, the, the less impact you actually have. Um, so we're, we'd be looking at people who are project heads and heads of innovation and people who are out in, you know, vertical markets, um, you know, trying to – and it's completely a marketing strategy. So it's like content marketing um, mm. linked to individuals. And I think that's because we don't trust institutions, but we do trust individuals. And uh, Tom Peters nailed it, didn't he? A book about brand new. So there are a few mm. execs in an organization that could, you know, go on a thought leadership journey. And basically what they've got to do is they're linking their brand and what they know to what they're trying to achieve as a company. Um, and that's the big organizational uh, game. Uh, but it is positioning. And so it's internal and external positioning. And in a big company, you're doing it so you can have more influence. In your own business, you're doing it so you can get more clients and grow your business. And as a consultant, you're doing it so you can have profiles, you know, that differentiates you out there because there's a thousand people claiming that they can speak and write and consult, but those who position themselves as sport leaders get the gigs. So, Matt, that's that's interesting. That's a great, great question, Roy. Um, 
If you are in an organisation and you said there's a top 50 who are the thinkers, um, there could be people listening to the program who have 50 employees and some would have 8,000 employees. Is there a percentage or a number in your mind that as a takeaway, if you ran a team or ran a company or ran a social group of some sort, how would you determine, is there a number or a percentage that determines you'd be aiming for of those thinkers to put in a room? Yeah, so let's go from the startup through to the global corporation and run the ratios across them. In the startup, the entrepreneur needs to be the thought leader because you're the cheapest resource. <laughs> and so you drive the business based on your personality. When you're trying to exit the business, you've got to stop being the personality and you need to get like three of your staff. So if I had 100 employees or less, I'd be identifying three to five of them and um, I'd be – those are the three to five that I would be setting up as a management buyer. So yeah. those three yeah. to five are essentially going to take over the gig from me. So I stop being the thought leader. I make them the thought leader, and it sort of gives the business momentum and impetus as you succeed out of it. So that's the entrepreneur journey. The intrapreneur journey in large organisations, the ratio is about the same, right? So you'll see I'm working – on a 3 to 5% ratio, very, very yeah, small yeah. numbers because yeah. you can't have a 1,000 thought leaders in an organisation. You just become commodities. And it's, uh, you know, KPMG essentially in Australia has burned its salt and that's it. So, they're, you know, yes, their partners have profile sorted, but in fact the consulting model in those large places is to minimise partner time and exposure and to leverage yeah. your, um, you know, your, your second and third tier consultants. Um, which is, uh, no one ever likes hearing me say that, but it's the truth. They, they make their money when the partner does less time with the client. <laughs> and Bernard Stoll does his whole practice. I know you wrote a blog recently. I suppose I want to continue on this, this thought process. You wrote a, a blog recently about today's new leaders need new techniques to increase engagement. Um, yeah. If, if, yeah. I'm go, if I'm going to be a thought leader and go down this path and I'm one of those 3 to 5%, which I'm, I'm actually loving, um, what, what do you mean by new techniques for engagement? Can you give me some tangible examples that someone could uh, finish this recording and go, I can do that? Oh, absolutely. And there's, a, and there's a bunch you've already talked about before, right? So we know the power of narrative, so that's old technique, right? So it's as old as time, you know, to use storytelling. As old as time, yeah. but probably one of the most relevant tools of our time. As people, I was I was watching um, the Hole in the Wall series on TED. I don't know if you've been watching this, um, yep. uh, Sugatra Mitra, and yep. his idea of self-organized learning environments. And he finishes his TED talk with a very disrupting question. He goes, is knowing obsolete? And because everybody around us is one Google click away from information, we've actually gone from a world where power was around controlling and disseminating information to where it's actually about providing meaning. So death by PowerPoint doesn't provide meaning, but using storytelling does. Um, the reason why manager as coach and leader as coach is such a powerful concept in organizations right now is it's about providing meaning for people. So at a high level, stop giving people information and start creating meaning. At a technical level, storytelling will do that. 
Um, contextual diagrams will do that. Um, metaphor will do that. Um, you'll see Dan Rome, he's written a book called The Napkin Expert, and he's basically saying what John McFarlane, the ANZ turnaround CEO, you yeah. know, over a decade ago, do. he flew into Australia and he turned the business around on coasters. Any senior leadership team that were hanging around Jock knew that if they pulled a PowerPoint slide up in front of them, he'd give them a guys go handshake. He was um, annoyed at leaders' inability to be organic, raw, and authentic in their communication. So it's simply this. Draw, don't show. So figure out a way to draw the strategy on the back of a napkin, like Dan Rome's book can teach you, and as a leader, turn up and do that. So I reckon if you can draw diagrams, if you can tell stories, and you can ask questions to establish meaning, they're three you know, really old-school tools. They're really high-touch tools that will have a huge impact in this high-tech world. So it's, you know, all marketers are liars is one of Seth Godin's books, and he says even mm. the title of this book is a lie. So mm. <laughs> that blog post was, um, yeah, absolutely, it's new tools, but they're really old tools, aren't they? I should have listened yeah, more in art class. Yeah. <laughs> I, didn't hear, I didn't hear you, Robbo. Were you talking about the back line? Oh, I said I should have listened more in art class. <laughs> <laughs> Just remember that in the dressing room at halftime, Robbo. <laughs> yes. Okay. Pull out the stick fingers at halftime when you're talking to the boys. <laughs> Get the crayons in this paper out. Yeah, guys. <laughs> no, what it is is it's dirt. It's dirt around the cut-up oranges. That's what you need to do. To That's right. That's so, it. Little Pete. That's little it. Pete. Stop. Stop daydreaming. <laughs> <laughs> hey, um, Matt, you and I have done a few gigs together at conferences of all different sizes and shapes, which, and I always love it when you are in the room. Um, I noticed there was a, a piece that you wrote or I saw somewhere on your website um, and you talked about making conferences rock. And I know you have got a, a massive reputation for people who want to make a conference rock. They get the Matt Church effect going. Um, and there are people listening who I know are doing conferences of all different sizes each year. Can you give me your top tips for making, apart from booking you, apart from, how, would you make a, how would you make a conference rock? Aren't you a beautiful man for even positioning that? <laughs> Thank you, Gary. I love your work and right back at you. Now, um, look, well, I think, I think there's a whole bunch of things you need to do. No more boring meetings, hey. I reckon that's got to be our, our mantra. Um, we spend so much money bringing people together and we do it in such a mediocre way most of the time. Um, I think what you've got to do is respect the classic energy curve of the, you know, people crash after lunch. So just be really conscious of that and don't put the CFO mm. there. It disrespects the CFO. <laughs> um, people, people, need to, people need to not treat speaking at a conference as I'm just going to get out of this alive. Um, James Hume was the presidential speechwriter for Ronald Reagan. Now, we all know Ronald Reagan was a cowboy actor. So the speechwriter mm. was, you know, this James Hume, he was the thought leader in the White House during the Reagan years. And he said that every time you speak in public, you're auditioning for a position in leadership. And I love that phrase because I don't think people who speak at conferences um, give it enough respect and they need to treat it as a watershed moment, as a cultural tipping point, as an opportunity that's theirs to lose and they need to stop walking fearfully into it. So organisations get internal speakers because they're trying to save budget. They need to spend as much on their internal speakers being good 
as they do on getting external speakers. And mm. I think if you just said, right, an external speaker is $10,000 for a speech. So if I'm going to put the CFO up, I need to spend $10,000 on the design of his slides, her slides, coaching her to be more impactful when she speaks and setting her up for success. I do not mm. know why internal speakers don't rock better than externals. And, you know, I make a living, as do you, out of being an external speaker. So what you do is you put us on. <laughs> you're going to hate this, Gary. You put us on at your worst time slot. If they're hungover <laughs> or exhausted, that's yeah. when you use the pros. And um, we all want to... Well, it should happen more often, I reckon, yeah. and that's because it's <laughs> our gig. Anyway, so yeah, I, I and it's think also the most fun. Yeah, I think you also want to mix up the way you do stuff. I, I think there are three ways to communicate, right? Tell, show, up. And you get someone up to, like you who delivers a rock and roll presentation. Um, it's, you know, it's got a lot of tell and storytelling in it. But I've seen you, Gary, where you won't ever speak without getting the audience involved, you know, where you're mm. going, sorry, you're a hollaback speaker, you know what I mean? Like an evangelical preacher. You tell me, you know, you've got them thinking and you've got them contributing. Because I think if you can make your conferences a conversation and not just full mm. of presentations, great things will happen. Have a look at Petra Kucha, um, which is the five-minute, 20-slide format. Have a look at building TED-like talks. Make sure they're 20 minutes or less and profound. Um, run panels, but moderate them really well. Um, make sure there's someone in the room whose job it is to get the audience chatting so they don't turn up and just sit like they're watching TV at home. So, you know, just little ideas like that. Shorten the days, shorten the days, shorten the sessions. You know, um, FBT means that people run this nine to five strategy, but that's as ridiculous. That's as ridiculous as every meeting being an hour long. Um, we yeah. all know if we look at say the huddle formats or the agile formats that amazing things are happening with compression. So you go, you got eleven minutes for this meeting. Everybody's standing up. I was reading Al Patambi's book uh, before our next meeting. Read this. And uh, it's talking about, you know, in-house organisational meetings and why they're wrong and how to fix them. But it, it also gets you thinking about conferences as an extension of that. So whether it's the boardroom or the ballroom, what we've got to do on that full scale is I reckon we've got to get a lot more effective about how we're using our time. And no more boring meetings, no more boring events has to be our new mantra. Otherwise, why would we? You know, I can get more inspired watching a TED Talk online than coming and listening to the HR director tell me why I should be more inspiring. So don't waste my time. Mm, that's um, I tell you what that uh, anybody in business who's running meetings, conferences, training sessions, uh, they should listen to that back because man, that's uh, that's absolute gold on them. They're heels. That's gold. gold. <laughs> <laughs> you are giddy up, cowboy. Can, can I just say, <laughs> well, this I, I have some clients that should learn to shorten their recording sessions. Like us? <laughs> no, 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 not you guys. I, well, I, I, let's just wrap that up. I, I, can, can I tell you a story talking about compression that your story reminded me of? A couple of years ago, I was working for an ad agency, and I won't mention the client or the agency, but there was a four-letter tag to go on a TV commercial. Sorry, four words. Do you know how long we spent in the studio recording it? An hour and a half. <laughs> no way. An hour and a half. And it's just, it's just the same thing, though. It's so unproductive because by the end of it, you've got a voice talent who's going, well, what the f*** do you want me to do? 
I, I you know, I, I can't give it to you any more ways. And it was, in, in the end, it took the voice talent to go, you know what? I think you've got everything I can give you. And yeah, he left. Yeah, yeah. He left. He just went, like, there's nothing more. <laughs> you've got no, it Gaz, all. He didn't tell, Gaz, he didn't tell me I had permission to use colourful language. We should redo yeah. this whole interview. If, if, if Robbo can say, you know. Yeah, I can beep it out, though. Well, uh, yeah. yeah. Come Where on. The studio. Oh, wow. Yeah. You're no, such an I'm, I'm sorry, on, Robert. Robo, lift, lift your game. Matt, for the rest of the interview, you have my permission to swear your head off. Oh, poo. <laughs> oh, poo. <laughs> um, hey, uh, I'm very respectful of your time, Matt, and I um, something that I, I add to what you just said, which I find fascinating, is when people book you for a briefing or for a meeting and they put in their iCal a one-hour meeting and you're finished in 27 minutes, and then they go, well, we've still got 33 minutes to go, uh, so what else is happening? <laughs> and they just fill in with nonsense and then bitch and moan because they don't have time, can't do any reading, but no time to think, I'm really busy. And I was like, man, are you done with me? Because i I got stuff i got to do, isn't it? I think one of the things you'll notice, uh, and I have certainly noticed, I love hanging around successful people. And the more successful someone is, the better their relationship with time, how they respect other people's time and how they respect their own. And we've, we've really, you know, with Brazil, Russia, India, China and Africa coming down the line, the internet built on 2 billion users and another 5 billion likely to come online mm. over the next three years. You know, you just go, wow, okay. Have competitive advantage if you're going to live in the developed world. You know, if you're going to, be, you know, that whole rise of the creative class and Friedman's work on how the world is flat. I go if you just follow that concept or that meme all the way through to today. We have to become ninjas of productivity and architects of creativity. And I think that if you're not pursuing those two things, productivity and creativity, you're probably, you're a dodo, man. And Mm. we could wrap it on, right? There are more accountants graduating um, in India each year who are across the Australian tax code than we have graduates, uh, Mm. total graduates. (laughs) And so you just go, your tax return is going to be done in India real soon by someone Mm. real, real good. If it's not already, and so mm. I don't know, man. If we want to future-proof ourselves in any of these, this is like first-world problems 1.0. Um, we're going to have to become massively productive and massively creative. And to do that, you're going to have to fold time. So, man, if I knew that this Mojo podcast was so much fun, Robbo, I would do it more often. <laughs> we'll, we'll, okay. we'll have you I mean, back quite happily We'll get him back because he's gold, Absolutely. man This guy's good Awesome Hey, um, we are <laughs> respectful of your time, Matt um, I have got a couple of quick questions We want to do Rapid Fire Rapid Fire Mojo Now, uh, first thing in the morning What's your morning ritual? What's your morning routine? I make my wife a coffee I, when it's not winter, do a 20-minute run, and I um, am looking for three quick wins before eight. So a quick win could be um, that I pump out a memo for a meeting and get it sent so that the meeting happens faster. So I'm looking for three quick wins before eight, so I get um, momentum. That's awesome. That's such a good idea. Gold. More gold than there is. That's gold. Gold. Um, now, I, I know you're a coffee guy because I've seen you in brew houses 
Um, oh yeah, I watch. I like to watch. Um, favorite <laughs> brand? You of are coffee? a stalker. Favorite. You're a stalker with a clipboard. That's what you are, Gary. That was creepy. That was really creepy. <laughs> hey, is that you out there now, Gary? <laughs> <laughs> wave out your window, Matt. Just wave at him. There's a weird, there's a weird looking guy on a bike. <laughs> he keeps following my wife. <laughs> um, favorite brand of coffee. Well, Bellaroma, Andy, who runs Bellaroma out of the Northern yep. Beaches, is a mate of mine, yep. so I'll give him a big shout-out. Yeah, he's a good man. So you are about to go on stage in front of many thousands of people. You want a piece of music yep. to get your mojo working. What's your go-to song? Mm-hmm. Eight Mile, Eminem. Everything I own, I make it on my own. Off the work I go, back to this eight mile yeah, nice. You know, eight mile. You know, mum's spaghetti, onions, beer, 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 beer. I've got some M&Ms in the pantry. <laughs> mm-hmm. Have you got the white ones? Those the new white. coconut flavoured. There's the bomb. No, the missus loves those. She's Ooh. a coconut freak. <laughs> oh, shout out to M&M. Send us to studio. Yes. Clearly, clearly, missus does not listen to podcast. Otherwise, she would have been referred to more respectfully, Robert. <laughs> 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 Hey, Matt, uh, what, what are you reading right now? Uh, selfish, scared, and stupid. Um, my friends Dan Gregory and Kieran Flanagan. It's a new Wiley publication out October 2014. So I'm reading the, uh, the advanced copy of it, and I love it. Stop fighting human nature. <laughs> we said that we're all selfish, scared, and stupid. And if you understand that about humans, you can do amazing things. Dan introduces himself as the fat guy off the girl and transfer. And um, Kieran is uh, was Australia's first and probably uh, most significant. Um, you'd know her as a female creative yeah. director in the industry. Yeah, yeah, she's, she's awesome. Wicked. Let's get him on the rubber. Let's get him on the show. They've got a new book out. Absolutely. Um, that sounds good. And Dan is is. Cracker. So we should, um, or we will, we won't should, we will, we'll get them on and um, the follow up to, um, to Matt would be that's that's a that, that's perfect. That's good. Um, I love how your listeners your listeners get to hear your administrator in the background. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and don't you love how he passes the yeah. buck to me? Yeah, yeah, yeah that's all in time. Gaz, Gaz gets to walk off stage now and go, I'm done, peace over, Robert. Make it happen. This is the story of my life, though, mate. Don't worry. So, Matt, final question. Say, Say I've lost my mojo and if you were me, what would you do immediately to start getting your mojo back? Well, I love the quote um, Victor Frankl in Man's Search for Meaning. He said a person's degree of happiness is directly proportional to their degree of control. And I get that mojo is more complex than happiness. But I find for me there are three things. I need to do work I like with people I like the way I like. So if I've lost my Mm. mojo, it's time to fail someone, back someone, mm. um, get a new type of client or start innovating into a new direction because I think that that as long as at the end of the day you come home more charged, I mean, you can be fatigued and tired, but you just want to be charged about what you're doing. And I think that, you know, linking to this theme of competitive advantage, first world and future-proofing ourselves, we do need to be productive and, and creative. And the only way to really do that is to make sure that we're doing stuff we like with people we like the way we like. And if you nail that, then I think you, you sort of can always tap into that as a source of mojo. That's my, my thoughts. Mm, that's good, Rob. Nice. That's great. Hey, um... Matt, uh, I am gonna I'm gonna put it out there. I'm gonna highly suggest that anybody who wants to get their mojo working, whether it be an entrepreneur, 
someone who's got an idea in the head, someone who aspires to be a speaker, an author, somebody who coaches an under 11 rugby team. They, <laughs> or soccer team. They need to get in contact with Matt or look up thought leaders. Where can we find you, mate? Where can people track you? <laughs> track you? I, they could ask me. I could, because I'm, I'm always, I always know where you are. But you know, where yeah. do, <laughs> I know. Where do people, uh, how do we find you? Locate my iPhone. I have to turn that off. I think Gary packed that in some way. By the way, it's a nice checkered shirt you're wearing this morning. <laughs> How did you know? I never wear checks. Boom, boom, Robbo. So, where? Blackchurch.com no, is my website. <laughs> and uh, probably a direct uh, Twitter message at Matt Church will get me. And thoughtleadersglobal.com is our sort of leadership development site. So, but you know, at Matt Church, send me a direct something if you want to chat and we'll go from there. Brilliant. We're, um, Robert, we're going to get this guy back, right? Absolutely. Yeah, agreed. I, I think we're on a I regular think, basis. Why don't we do? Why don't we do a segment called uh, "Not Not Where's Wally"? You guys know I'm still here, right? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> let's let's do a segment called where, "Where's Matt Now." Where's Matt? Instead of "Where's Wally," yeah. where's Matt? Where, oh, where's Matt? Matt? And we'll just call him in, and we'll just because he's got gold. He's good, Matt. Mate, we're gonna let you go, mate. Because I know you got a, a busy day on, and you're you're good to timing. Thank boys. you so much, mate. That was a ball. Thanks, Matt. Pleasure. Good luck on the weekend, Robert. Cheers. The Mojo Radio Show. See one coach to another. He gets it. How good was that, mate? There, there has got to be some absolute gems in you to, for you to take back to the boys in the under-11s and the rugby team, don't you reckon? Mate, there's some absolute gold in there. And how's the th- kicking three goals before 8.30? That, to me, is something that I'm actually going to go out and try first thing tomorrow morning. Honestly, that, that session that we just recorded with him, I hope people have a pen and paper out there because there is just so many great nuggets that are absolutely doable mm. to help you get your mojo working. Gee, he was good. We've got to get him back again. Definitely. I think we should use him regularly. You know, it's, it made me think of something. I, I used to meet with, um, do you remember Simon Reynolds, the creative? Yeah, I don't know him, but I know of him, of course, the famous um, Grim Reaper AIDS campaign from the 80s. Yeah. Yeah. That, that's what he... Um, sort of in the early days built his reputation on. Um, but he is so, he's got so much more content oh, yeah, stuff so going on than just um, than that campaign. He was certainly one of Australia's great creatives and I think now he's living um, OS. But um, I used to catch up with Simon and we used to do like a, a little book club type thing and we'd have, we'd pick a cafe somewhere, we'd sit down, we'd bring books to exchange to give to each other. Mm. And uh what made me think of it is Matt talked about managing time and then we talked about that thing about why do people always set an hour for a meeting when you could be done in 27 minutes type thing. And whenever Simon sat down, he'd take off his watch and he'd put his watch down on the table in front of him and it wasn't so much to rush or be distracted by it, but he just knew that he'd allocated time for the lunch and as soon as he put his watch down, he'd be into the lunch, he'd be talking books, great conversation, eye to eye, and he was mindful of the time, but he wasn't obsessed by it. Like he mm. was completely in the moment when we would talk about, you know, stuff of improvement, everything else. And then when time was up, um, we would pay the bill and he would go, but you knew that he had stuff to do. Like he'd allocated his day mm. into chunks so he could get what he wanted to get done, done, which is why he always had more time to be able to sit and create and to think and ponder and stuff. And, um, Rather than do this week's book of the week, um, I'm going to do the resource of the week. 
Gary's Google Mojo. The resource that I've got for you is from a guy who does, he has a really good podcast called Ty Lopez. And he was doing a recent podcast about getting stuff done. And he quoted Jeff Bezos. And Jeff Bezos was the guy who started Amazon. And Jeff's um, mantra was that if you work for Amazon, your whole purpose, your whole mission for the business was to get stuff done. That's why you were there. It was about getting stuff done and then taking responsibility to manage your time and productivity. And to Matt's point is that by doing that, it gives you momentum to get stuff done. And I just think it's an interesting thing to think about. And not so much getting stuff done so you can do more work stuff, but going in, getting your work done to allow you then more time to get your play, family time, time with your kids, time with the community, time for health, time for just sitting and doing nothing under a tree and thinking. And so this week's kind of book of the week stroke resource of the week is Ty Lopez. Now he, just go to his website, it's T-A-I Lopez, L-O-P-E-Z, and he reads a book a day and then sends out an email outlining the key takeouts of the books he reads. And he's also got a very, very good podcast. So that's my um, book stroke resource of the week. Stroke homework for the week. <laughs> yeah, it's worth checking out. I, I really like his stuff. I listen to all his podcasts and um, they're pretty dry. Um, uh, but he's got an interesting mm. background and he he doesn't muck around. Like he's got some good content. And I just find the books good because you read through the book reviews really quickly. It's only, you know, maybe one or two pages that he writes about. It takes out the key points. And if there's enough in there, then it gives you enough interest mm. to go and buy the whole book and absorb it. So um, I, uh, I reckon it's a goodie. That sounds really good, mate. I reckon I might uh, go out and try that one at your local good bookstore. Is that correct? (laughs) (laughs) I think uh, I'd be going to your local good website. I'd be going to Ty Lopez, I don't know, .com um, and search Ty Lopez on iTunes for the podcast and his book club thing. He's He's got a million and a half following him on his book club. Wow. It's pretty big. Have a look at our website, mate. How many are following us? Uh, apart from you and me? Yes. <laughs> but it's got potential. Sorry, what's that? It's got potential. It's got, it's got potential. But we try hard. We do. We, we put the effort in. If nothing else, we try hard. I reckon that's about a wrap for the week, mate. Done. Talk to you next week. The Mojo Radio Show is produced and recorded in the studios of Voodoo Sound. For more tips and tools to get your mojo working, check us out on Facebook at The Mojo Radio Show or online at themojoradioshow.com. For more about Gary, see garybertwhistle.com or to polish your next audio or video production, check out voodoosound.com.au and for the right voice, realtimecasting.com. Andrew Peter speaking. See you next time. <laughs>